Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, getting better. My name is Ben Hansen, and I'm personally happy that you're here. Uh, we're also joined by Jacob Geller. Hello. Hello. Podcast. Hello. We're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello. Are you there? Podcast. Uh, listeners, viewers, are you there? Hello. Uh, Janet like Garcia also joining Hello. us. Hello. Yeah, this is really weird. It's a weird day today. It's a weird podcast day too. today. <laughs> oh, we have a lot to cover in this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, God of War Ragnarok. This is the big it's, it's review discussion. Here. And we have time codes below for everybody's convenience. You can jump to whatever segment of the show that you want to. Hell, you can jump right to the get a loads of thises if you really want to at the end of the show. One L on that one. That's right. Uh, but the thing is, um, we are going to be extremely, extremely wary and spoiler-free for the God of War Ragnarok discussion. So before I even put that time code in there, I just want you to know that. Um, but also we're going to talk about Bayonetta 3. That one, pff, Jacob's going to spoil everything about it. I kid, I kid. We'll talk about it, though. Um, then we're going to talk about Resident Evil stuff, a little bit of PSVR 2, and then back half of the show, we have some wonderful questions that people submitted over there on Patreon. Um, oh, boy. You know, this is... um. I saw a couple comments over the last couple weeks of people being like, where's Sarah? <laughs> Why isn't she on the podcast? Why aren't you all Sarah? Which seems to be the big refrain that we get over and over again in a our fair lives. criticism, honestly. Absolutely fair. Um, it's a weird thing. I guess we haven't really talked about on the show. Um, she's having her house rebuilt from the ground up or something. So like prime podcasting time for us is when she's surrounded by uh, construction workers just shrieking and uh, banging pots and pans and stuff. So um, using that that hot min max and stream money to just <laughs> sand every surface in her. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, yeah, she'll be on hopefully in the near future. I think that's going to be wrapping up soon. So we'll see how that goes. But all right. God of War Ragnarok, everybody. Are you ready to dive into this sucker? Yeah. Uh, again, mm -hmm. I, I but, but not too deep. I am going we're, to be the most. We're not most, diving deep. I know, I know. So yeah, just to be clear, we're we are, waiting in and then walking out immediately. <laughs> right. We are doing the deepest dive on God of War Ragnarok on MinMax's YouTube channel. That is going to be the best, most thorough discussion about this game as possible. So if you're saying they're not even talking about the details and story beats, yeah, that that discussion, the deepest dive, we're going to go more in depth than anybody else on the internet. So you can't fault us for that. Um, so please check that out. And again, you can unlock the the podcast feed over on Patreon at the $5 tier if you want the podcast version of the best, most thorough discussion about God of War Ragnarok on the internet. We'd appreciate it. Um, I'll reveal one person who's going to be on that Game Club discussion, Kyle. It's it's Rails? one it's one Serial Vasquez is returning for that. Wow. That's right. We got him, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two other guests. I'll leave a mystery, but we're revealing it on Monday. You better, you better have a panel. Min Snacks in the middle of that God of War Ragnarok deepest dive. All right. Min Snacks. No. Eat it, Serial. Let us know. Hey, here's a question before we jump into this. Um, can you get a brain freeze from eating snow? Like, what year on Earth... This, this is what you want to talk about instead of God Well, of I don't want to dive into spoilers, <laughs> but I was thinking about, like, what year on Earth did the first brain freeze happen? And it's like, can... The you, first one. I mean, like, animals can get brain freeze. Really? Yeah. From animals. ice cream? Yeah. They're, like, there are videos of, like, a cat licking a popsicle, and then it goes like, Ugh. But snow. <laughs> That's all. Can you send me those videos? <laughs> did humans invent brain freeze is where I'm going. No, no. no. We named about. it. We named it. That's right. All right. So Bayonetta 3, Jacob Geller, what do you think? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Okay, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, it's codes are provided by Sony, all that fun stuff. Disclaimers, disclaimers, disclaimers. Um, I genuinely don't know anything. I've avoided all preview discussions about God of War Ragnarok. I was debating bowing out of this discussion because I'm so wary of spoilers. Um, but it's like, ah, that's a bad sign for the audience if I want to bow out, but then I ask them to listen to it. So... 
Um, I, my prediction. I literally, I know. You really nothing. don't want us to talk about this game. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say my prediction. We can, we can do this podcast. You can just take your headphones off. Well, that's interesting. No, I, I think I can stick around. My prediction is this game is very good, but maybe not as good as 2018's. Knowing You're nothing, wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, I hundred so percent with Janet. 2018. It's, it is one of. No, maybe it's reasonably biased. Maybe it's reason. I think this is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Good I God! am blown away by how good this game is to the degree that I am so excited for people to play it. And it's funny to say that as like just a, you know, a, a critic and content creator. Like I didn't make the game, but I'm like, can't wait till y'all get your hands on God of War Ragnarok, which seems silly. But like having sat through it and, and gone through it front to back, like. I just can't wait. It was such an amazing odyssey. Um, it felt like I, I know I had that joke about like not reading, but it felt like reading a really good book, like a really good like mythological fantasy style tale where oh my God. it is such a page turner. Oh, yeah. um, and at the same time, like I felt so many elements of stress for, you know, again, no spoilers, but just for the characters and what would happen next and this yeah. feeling of I have to keep going because I hope it gets here. And if it gets here, I want to see it get there because I want the relief of like, okay, all right, we're, we're here now, you know? Um, and I I just loved it. And then combat wise too, I, I do think it, it got elevated, which we can dig into those elements. I'd but love to. Yeah, it's so, so you're as, fantastic. Blown that's away. amazing. So you're red hot. That is that is so great to hear. Uh, and yeah, Jacob I Geller, think this can take Elden Ring. Ooh. I think this is, this is, before I'm like, oh, it's going to be, the game of the year is going to be Elden Ring and then like God of War, you know, anyone that didn't play Elden Ring, right, would go yeah. God of War Horizon or something. Right. Now I'm like, I think this could win over maybe some Elden Ring fans because that's how good it is. Okay. All right. I love that. You're literally the only person I've really heard unpack it. Uh, Jacob Geller, uh, are you rivaling Elden Ring territory hot? Yes. Like literally, oh, yes. yes. Um, so I, you know, I am, I am not in the... Uh, games i've ever played strata as janet is right. but i i like it miles and miles more than 2018 and truly this will be you know d near my top of the list for this I, it's like it's we'll have the discussion at the end of the year it's, it's a hard debate between this and elden ring just in terms of like what are games doing but like i I, I got almost no complaints about this thing. You know, like it's it's a really freaking good game, uh, Ben Hansen and Minmax listeners. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a Minmax listener right now. Uh Kyle, where are you coming in for this thing? Uh I mean similarly, man. Like it's so good. You don't I, sound as enthusiastic. Say, okay, here's though. here's my here's my my hot take compared to these two. Yeah. Uh A, I do like twenty eighteen better personally because of just the impact and the newness of it like right, that you right. can't you can't outdo that but like that's not that's not a, and to say anything negative about Ragnarok it's fantastic like it's an amazing game um and the other thing I will say is Elden I, I, I God of War is the best game of the year I would say Elden Ring is the best game in years plural so I'm still going Elden Ring I think wait that uh, game personally. that you just said was just Dark Souls 4 that's right. Said yeah, it was Dark Souls I, I said nothing else about it. That was just that one thing I said about <laughs> it. Right. But Ragnarok, Dark Souls Four. But Ragnarok um, is like I I, I don't want to almost be perceived as negative coming in after Janet and Jacob because because it's so good. It's yeah. such a fantastic game. It's so when, it's like there was there was a point where I was just like like I was like I'm not not finishing this thing. Like I just I can't. I'm got I got to avoid side quests like 
holy just to see what happens like i can't let this story linger any longer because wow. it's just too compelling i, I want to kind of echo something that that janet said which is also interesting when when Elden ring came out and kyle and i were like this is not dark souls 4 this is dark souls 4 and 5 and maybe 6 in terms of like just how big <laughs> that game is and and to janet's point of it feeling like you're reading a book it's like it feels like an epic you know in the kind mm. of like not like it's an epic game but like kind of like beowulf or the odyssey not in terms of it will be a english classic for uh thousands of years but just in terms of like you know those stories just being about like it's not about one event it's about so much that we kind of have a word for it to separate it from normal literature and that is epic you know it is just such a kind of sprawling game that it good yeah it, it it feels it's just kind of like the the magnitude of it is hard uh, to communicate. Well, what about like, you know, based on trailers, which, by the way, I, I haven't watched anything after the story trailer, but based on everything they've been hinting at, is it like, oh, my God, it's so much more than all the trailers were even hinting at? Yeah, well, it's like, you know, those trailers do show scenes from like a lot of the game. But I mean, like when Jane and I were having a conversation earlier where she was just like, I, I you know, I'm at this mission how much is there to go? And I was just like, more than you think. And that's almost always the answer when it's like, how much more of this game is there? It's like, more than you think. More is still mm. going to happen in the story. And I mean, you were really thorough because I was talking to you about trying to find the stopping points for the deepest dive and all that fun stuff. Um, I mean, can you give any time frame for like how much you spent versus the average person maybe because you're a superhuman with this stuff? Right. So, I mean, I, I have done not not 100% in that I like found every single collectible, but like I've done most of the side quests and most of the like, you know, end game combat stuff. And I'm around 50 hours. I know people who mainline the story and did it in like 24. Okay. Um, but the game really encourages you to not mainline the story. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of hard to do so. I would even yeah, say like literally characters will be like, Hey, slow down. Take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's what, over there. The yeah. I think I, I did all the major side quests and I think I was at like 35. Okay. Same. Literally to the T Kyle, I did like, I'd say the major ones, like the ones that just felt like they were conveniently in my path. So I'm like, yeah. why not just clean this up a little bit? And I hit 35 hours, um, which felt good. Like, I felt like that I played my natural play style. There's, like, you know, a few combat challenges where I'm like, this is too hard for me forever. I'm going to do this <laughs> part, you know, and kept on moving. Um, so I felt like I played it just as thoroughly as I did in, in 2018. And I think one thing that really impresses me to, to Jacob's point of the scale of like, oh, it's so like long. There's so much more like the further you go in, you're like, oh, you're actually halfway through. It doesn't feel too long, though. And I think that's really hard to do, like to have a game that's, you know, 35 plus hours, 20 plus hours and have so much so many different things happen and for you to be tossed around so many different places narratively and for it to all feel like normal and completely natural and not like I think so often games that have ambition in its narrative structure, you know, like The Last of Us Part Two, and to just to name one, yeah. have a lot going for them. But at the same time, there feels like there's a level of whip whiplash I think you could get from maybe jumping from different characters or different places. And then that feeling of like, I think we all, you know, if you played Last of Us Part Two without spoiling that game, there's a part where they're like, oh, there's like three endings in that game. Right, it feels right. like even though there's only you know one ending because it's 
a linear story. Yep, totally. Um, in God of War, I think they take a lot of those similar narrative risks with moving around with what they're doing. And yet it all feels like it's part of a whole. And I don't feel like, oh, here they put me to A and now I'm in B and now I'm in. It feels so like well knit together. It's a it's like a beautiful tapestry of story that puts together this big picture. It's like you're I feel like the entirety of the game is like opening one of those like chests or those wardrobes mm. that you see in like the, in 2018 or whatever, where you're looking at all the places you've been and it it takes you through all of that in a way that's so good. Yeah. Though it is, I mean, I when I was playing it, I was thinking, wow, this is very long. Uh but it is it's also a game where like, you know, a week after beating it, I'm like, oh, that thing happened. Which is I I'm really excited to listen to the deepest dive on it because like Me playing too. this game in in solitude is really difficult because there are so many things that happen. And by the time you're at the end, you're so far from so many of those things right. that I almost like forgot they were events. Yeah. But it's just like it it kind of has, you know, it's it's a Sony quadruple A that they know is going to sell a billion copies. But it kind of has that like infinite money thing that we've talked about with like <laughs> Final Fantasy seven remake where yeah. it's just kind of like. How is this like this yes. this production value for this long is, is just I mean, kind even, of like consistently there were, there stunning. Were, there were like side quests that I would complete and get, you know, a big like moment or something. And I would just be like, I cannot believe that that was a side quest. Like, that's something that you yes. can just oh bypass and not ever uh -huh. see. That's insane. That's the best that, feeling that, in games. That, that the animation on that side quest it's probably greater than the budget of most video games, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Uh, so you talked a little bit about it last week, I feel like, Jacob Geller, of saying like, oh, you weren't really into like the sad dad stuff, but they kind of got that stuff, it seemed like out of the way in 2018s, and now they can just tell some new stories and it goes in different places. So I'm just trying to get a read for like why you like 2018, but you weren't Gaga, but then this one made you Gaga. Like what what can you say to that without spoiling anything? Yeah, I just, I just think the... I think the story is so much interest is so much more interesting. I think the kind of like the lesson of the game, if if you can kind of simplify it to that, is just like I just liked it so much more and it goes in a so much like uh, more interesting and rewarding direction for me, you know, unlike 2018, where I was like, I know where this story is going to end. I just like. I really kind of wasn't sure until it got there. But then when it got there, I was like, of course, this is right. like this is what it has been about. Uh, and in a way that I yeah, I, I found it like very moving. You know, it's just I feel like one of those people who, you know, like had one of those insane hyperbolic tweets about God of War 2018 that everyone dunked on. And it's like, I want to the people will have critiques of this game and that will be fine. But like, I, it really, it really got me. And I'm kind of glad that it got me in the way that people got, got by 2018. <laughs> I know exactly. You can just say Jeff Kanata. Uh, you can <laughs> just throw his yeah. name out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Kyle, uh, combat, combat. Good. Combat good. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the mo it's I feel like we talked about it maybe a little in our early sort of preliminary discussions. And yeah, that, like the biggest like negative thing you can say about it is it doesn't feel like drastically different from 2018. But like there's enough like little tweaks and additions that make it consistently fun. And I also think and this extends to like the a game entirely. Um, 
that the like the level design is just like really good in the way that things wrap around and you don't backtrack and that extends to combat arenas too like they're more interesting they're more levels and stuff like that like yeah just the layout is like one of those things that's really hard to like call out specifically that's like oh that's really good and actually really important to the full experience but it's like it's it's level design is what it is ultimately yeah something i was kind of shocked by in the in both the combat and just the game as a whole and maybe maybe one of the reasons i i've complained about the loot a lot in uh in 2018 and it's like it's still present but this game leans more into being an rpg uh than 2018 in some in some very surprising ways where i was like oh they like this element is here um and so almost because it like it dives into more wholeheartedly like there's more loot in this game but i didn't mind it uh as much because it felt like it was i don't know it felt like more core to the game that i wanted to be playing huh as somebody who hates loot that's interesting to hear for sure yeah um and just to be clear yeah everyone played on ps5 curious to see what the ps4 yeah. version is like but i mean i know it's a different studio but it seemed like people weren't pissy about the Horizon Forbidden West, like that seemed to run great on PS4 from everything I heard at least. So I wonder if it kind of be held to the same degree. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I just feel like you're going to be getting kind of fewer particles and less light bouncing around. But like there was no scene specifically that I was like, this could never run on a PS4. Right, right. I mean, 2018s, which is maybe honestly, maybe a negative. Like I am interested in what the studio can do. Not you know, not making something for last generation, but still, you know, no complaints. I don't think we'll ever see it. <laughs> They're probably the next game is going to be PS five at this point. Or, I mean, PS six, right. uh, Janet, anything else you want to get off your chest? Um, I don't think so. Not, not without, you know, like yeah. getting into too many things, but, um, it's a, it's a beautiful moving game. Um, I wouldn't say I fully cried cause I got my own, like maybe didn't want to, to go that get that into it i don't know but um there were definitely some emotional moments i, I did keep track of them there were like at least 10 really emotional ten. moments to me where <laughs> I it's love like that. either like you know it's like i'm not gonna cry but like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna like let a, a mist emerge you know what i mean like just kind of <laughs> sit there for a second like ugh. and there's also just a lot of beautiful lines um in the game like i, I also jot down some of those where it's just very well written um into something kyle hinted at when we did the preview on the min max show and the the first five hours yeah. yeah this game's hilarious um i didn't say anything for that because the stuff i found funny was later in the game but there are like several li- there is a line in this game where i laughed out loud and i never laugh at games because i don't really find most of them to be that funny um but yeah there's a lot a lot there um i think beyond what you might expect of I don't know, gruesome stuff and like dark yeah. events. Um, there's a lot of additional layers and flavors that I yeah, can, uh, really can we enjoy. say uh, Alana Pierce? Uh, she did. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the only the only writer that I know on this game that wasn't yeah, on the yeah, first. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of other writers yeah. in the credits. Yeah. No, but but she it's like the writing is ones. noticeably better, I think, than the first game, just in general. Really? That's awesome. Here, here's an impression of me often. <laughs> Oh, like, wow. just like that. Just like they got just that a out spike of you? Of just like a single laugh of just like one line, just like every I don't know, ten minutes or so. Ten yeah, minutes. I, I think. I think part of that is the. I mean, there's so many reasons for that. I mean, I think to like what Jacob had brought up during the preview of like now that 
their the relationship has grown and they've done the events of 2018 it's like there's more opportunity for different kinds of conversations but i think there's also just more people inherently involved like you see more people that aren't just things to kill so you just get more windows into other relationships even if it's just like you know two npcs that you never really interact with other than like to get them a a book for something but you like get a little bit more there there's just so much more personality and and hominess seeping into elements of this game um yeah and I, i think they also just really did a great job executing things that other games have definitely attempted whether it's like a big epic battle scene or the idea of having companions that you don't just romance no offense to games that have romanceable characters but it's like what is what does companionship and relationships look like beyond romance and i think this game delves into that Mm. really well god dang all right i'm looking forward to it also one one final just uh, sort of blanket call out is like it's another one of those like naughty dog situations where the like performances in this game just make every other video game just look bad like they're just so much better than everything <laughs> like it just across the board every actor the weakest performance in ragnarok is like still miles better than most video games amazing all right the game comes out wednesday uh november 9th uh, this coming week and again uh we have the deepest dive uh hey with a game like this they don't come along too often so let's really let's savor it let's give this game the discussion it deserves and we need your help to do that if you support us at any tier on patreon you can submit a comment about the game for us to play or for us to read on air i should say uh we're playing the game in three different chunks so for the first chunk the first discussion we're going to be collecting your comments on the first six hours or so on monday november 14th and so for that first chunk stop after you finish the quest that's called old friends so uh, roughly six hours or so according to jacob geller so hold him accountable if it's not the case yeah it's i mean it's one of those like you'll already have access to kind of an open world ish area so you can make it longer if you want but Okay, yeah. but stop. Also, after... I agree with Jacob's checkpointing. I think it's really, really good. Love it. Thank you. All right, stop if you finish the quest, old friends. Then head on over to Patreon on Monday, November fourteenth. And if you support us at any tier, even the two dollar tier, you can submit a comment for us to read, and we'll share your insights in the discussion. And then also, you can unlock the bonus, not the bonus, but I guess the bonus podcast feed. And you can unlock the podcast version of the deepest dive if you're willing to help support a game club discussion. All right, hey. Stunning work, everybody, keeping that spoiler free. I am very impressed. I don't feel tainted in the slightest. And no one no one was being a cheeky little teaser, which I feel like is nothing. That's all the internet is these days, so I greatly appreciate it. Um, all right, Bayonetta 3. Uh, this game is out and about. Jacob Keller's been looking forward to this. This just, what is it like to play those two back to back, Jacob Keller? <laughs> a very weird experience, I yeah. have to say. Um, yeah, Bayonetta 3. Um, can i say i i really wish i was not playing this game on the switch you know how we're always like man i wish this game was on the switch this would be such a good switch game we stopped another three not a good switch game really is it it run chunky it just it just doesn't like look good and it's it's the kind of it's like i have been playing bayonetta one on pc for however long it's been on pc and bayonetta two on wii u and it's like the game doesn't really look noticeably better than uh, yeah. those two games, but what it lacks in 
any kind of graphical impressiveness, it makes up for in like some of the zaniest stuff I have seen in a game in years. So like that is is still there. <laughs> Just cutscene wise, gameplay wise, what do you mean? Oh, absolutely gameplay wise. I mean it's you know, and and the cutscenes obviously, but it's like this is a multiverse story, which is a strange thing to say, but it's like yeah. there are like a bunch of different bayonettas in this game and and they are all doing weird different things and there's like uh i think i think look the story of this game doesn't matter so i'm going to be a little looser with the spoilers than we were with god of war but it's like at some point you go back to you're you're going to like different time periods and different universes and you go back to like an ancient kind of chinese battle scene and there's like a Chinese general Bayonetta who's like summon with her, you know, they like summon things with their hair and her summon is a train. And, and so she's like, she's like, yes. and, and, and they control them by dancing. So she's like dancing on top of a train that is like mowing down enemies. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, did you enjoy it? I mean, if you don't have an overall sense oh, yeah, of what you're no, it, Well, <laughs> yes, I, I tweeted this the other day, but it's like, Platinum games are experts at making one character more fun to control than any character has ever been, and then making you do a bunch of dumb shit that's not controlling that character. <laughs> like, oh, okay. there's... It, it, Bayonetta herself is so freaking fun to play. Just, like, every moment with her fighting is a joy, and this game has this whole system where you can summon giant kaiju out of the ground to fight with you and it looks like it would be a gimmick that yeah. disrupts gameplay but it actually feels great That's like impossible. just the way that they've incorporated it feels so kind of like snappy and good in ways that you wouldn't expect snappy kaiju just they pulled off snappy yeah. kaiju that is absurd. <laughs> it's really impressive uh like you can do a thing where like you you know, you do a full combo and then there's kind of like a flash at the end of your combo. And if you pu- press the kaiju button, then they will just show up and essentially alley-oop the guy you just hit. So it's like Bayonetta kicks him into the air and then Godzilla comes in and like smashes them back down to ground. And it happens in like a second and it's amazing. But then there's just all this other stuff that I don't want to be doing that the game makes you do. So like the new character Viola is just I don't I don't like the character and I don't like playing as her like I think the design is bad and I also think it's like anyone who's not Bayonetta is going to feel worse than Bayonetta right but like Viola feels a lot worse than Bayonetta um and then they're weird like Jean 2D sections that are also they're 2D yeah they're like 2D stealth sections and they're actually not as terrible as that sounds but it's just like it keeps making me do things that are not fight people as Bayonetta, and all I want to do is fight people as Bayonetta. That, that's the weird thing. Kyle, help me out. In the history of games, mm-hmm. what game has been improved drastically by giving you more characters to control? Like, it feels like Bayonetta 3 is kind of getting Spyro Year of the Dragon. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, here's a bunch of other characters. Like, yeah, we don't want to control anybody else. We don't want to be some stupid tiger running around. We want to yeah. play Spyro. I, I've I've never liked that as a, a sort of back of the box bullet, so to speak. Yeah. It's like new playable characters. It's like 
I, I mean, I'm and good. Platinum like always does this. You know, in the yeah. main Bayonetta, there were like those Space Harrier missions, and like basically right. every Platinum game that people love, there are like six levels of it that you're like, well, not that part. <laughs> it's, just, it's like they just can't help themselves but put in like mini games that yeah. are not fun. I mean, um, even Near Automata, which is like maybe one of the sort of most beloved platinum games, arguably, maybe, you know, yeah, of course, I, yeah, yeah. I that has like multiple playable characters, and it's like I, I don't really I didn't get anything out of playing as those other characters narratively, well, maybe, but not like yeah, yeah. part two, <sighs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. A good, I think that's that maybe mechanically I enjoyed playing as yeah more and than narratively just. too. Yeah. All right, that checks out. Um, you did it, Janet. Uh, congratulations. Yay! You uh, found the one. I think uh, I was listening to I think on the Game Informer show Blake was talking about how there's a yo-yo that Bayonetta has. That's like the Blades oh, of Chaos. Yeah. That sounds very fun and silly. I, I mean, there's so there are truly so many weapons the thing with like any platinum game is like the first playthrough is kind of the practice run uh and so i am fully intending to play through at least the bayonetta levels again but it's like they're throwing so many weapons at you there's a thing where the weapon is like a microphone and you're like spinning it around to hit people but then you can also like yell into it and do stuff that sounds there's, great <laughs> you eventually get like a clock tower like just just like Big Ben is As like a, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bayonetta. Uh, Maybe I need to play you after all. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's like I would say, it, 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 it's a game. If you just want the spectacle, I think you can totally kind of put this game on easy. And even the the story of Bayonetta games. I mean, there were some reviews talking about this one being dumb. Yeah, all Bayonetta stories are dumb. I really, I've never like. It's like the character is fun. She is good, but it's like the stories are always trash. And this is another trash story. But the spectacle is just like undeniable. Yeah, I mean that's what I did for Bayonetta two. I beat Bayonetta two, and stylish action games are extremely not my genre. And so I was like, I'm gonna bump down to easy and just blast through it. You could put a gun to my head. I don't know if I could tell you three things about Bayonetta 2. It was just like such a blur of colors that like, I don't know. But maybe, maybe I'll check this one out. This one has more like moments, okay. you know, it, it kind of like it, it does more like here is a big boss that you will remember what happens than in Bayonetta 2, which I, I like, but is totally yeah. just a, a blur of a game. Do you think you're going to get to Bayonetta 3, Janet? Yeah, I think so. I just installed it, so that's step All one right. of eight steps. You beat God of War Ragnarok, um, that's step two. But yeah, like I, I finished God of War Ragnarok, um, so now it's just knocking out the last couple games that I want to knock out, which of there are many. So, yeah. But yeah, I do want to play it, um, so I'll probably at least like get it started. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Jacob, did you check out... I was looking at Platinum just to be like, God, are, where is the Platinum trajectory right now? I know obviously Babylon's Fall was a disaster this year for him and all that stuff. Um, seems like this is kind of them back in their peak Platinum form. But I was looking at like Soul Cresta, which is like that weird sci-fi, it's like the old retro space shooter game came out earlier this year and it's like on Steam and like it's reviewing I, yeah, well. I absolutely did not uh, look at this. I mean, if you, you know, it, really love old arcade shooters. That's the only reason I, I think, think really you know, it's almost like Platinum is kind of like um, Sakurai with less impulse control where like <laughs> it's like they really I really appreciate how much they like old games. And clearly, like, you know, 
Camille loves Space Harrier so much that he puts it in all of his games. But like Sakurai is always kind of going back to like the player's enjoyment is the number one thing. And Platinum feels a little more like we think this is cool. So we're going to do it even (laughs) if it sucks to control. All right. So if you had to rank Bayonetta's. I I haven't beaten this one yet. Um, One is probably still at the top. It's like the highest points in this game are the best bayonet has ever been. Okay, well, don't but forget consistent... that Super Smash Brothers is a bayonet, a bayonet game as well. That's so. right, <laughs> right. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Also, it's don't like forget, peaks... uh, don't forget 2017's 8-bit Bayonetta, which was the April Fool's Day uh, right. weird retro game they released, and you could get on Steam for a while. The so yeah, the the consistency, like the highest points of this are the best Bayonetta's ever been, and then the lowest points I think are some of the worst. And so overall, mm. probably I would go like one, three, two, uh, for okay. for Bayonetta's. All right, there it is, everybody. Bayonetta three. Oh, also, Sleepy Mailman wrote in. We should probably do this now. They say, hey, everybody, this isn't a question for the question segment specifically, but can you get Jacob's opinion on the music of Bayonetta three? There are some bops in there, and I've heard nary a mention about it. Yeah, they're good. Actually, the one thing that I like about Viola, that character that I don't like, is her her like fight song is great. Um, and I always, you know, the first game had kind of fly me to the moon, and the second one had a different game that I or a different song. And like Bayonetta has a third song in here. It's great. It you know it kind of sounds like Super Smash Bros. music. Sounds great. You mean the greatest soundtrack of all time? I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bayonetta three. Um, Resident Evil Village. We're all heading back to the village. I mean, some of us are heading back to the village. Uh, the Winter's Expansion was released. This DLC for Village. Uh, there's a lot that we could unpack with this. It's kind of like a whole collection of things, right? Because uh, we got third person being added to base Resident Village. You have the Rose DLC, the more story-based stuff. And then there's Resident Evil Reverse, the multiplayer thing. Um, did anybody else try out the third person? I tried it this morning, um, and it, it seems cool. Well, I mean, Shadows of Rose is all third person. Yeah, oh, it I is. Did the DLC, oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't check person. that at all. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of fun trying to like spin the camera to see Ethan's face. It's like you, you can see quite a bit of it. I thought they were going to try How and obscure it? it in some way. It's honestly gorgeous. You got to check it out. <laughs> I don't think you've lived until you've seen Ethan Winters' face. It is weird about Ethan's face, how they've been approaching that thing. It's such a weird... He's like the neighbor in Home Improvement or something. <laughs> like, it's just like always his arms in the way. Yeah, because it's, it's like, it's so like in the DLC, he's like a big character, but they keep doing the like... Never, never show his arms always over it. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um... So the DLC, the Shadow, Shadows of Rose, that's what the story thing is? Yeah, shadows, plural, yeah. Shadows of Rose. Okay, I haven't uh, checked this out at all. I heard it's like a couple hours long. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I think it was like three or four. I, did, I, did, I didn't mine, check My finish was like 2.30. Okay. Um, so okay. Yeah. Uh, it good? I, I like it overall. Yeah, it's not like, um, it's not like, oh man, if you love Village, you gotta play Shadows of Rose. It's kind of like, it's... The thing that I like about it is it's like more abstract and weird than typical Resident Evil because the sort of the story setup is that Rose is actually like revisiting memories. Yeah. It's kind of like an inception sort of situation almost. And uh, the the thing that that affords is like, you know, A, it's fun to kind of revisit parts of village. You like literally go to the castle and the house and even parts of the village. But like where it gets cool, which it doesn't lean into as much as I hoped it would, is like when it gets a little dreamy and weird. 
um, which it's like not Resident Evil doesn't usually get a lot of room to do that. It's like a weirdly grounded action series <laughs> sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I liked it for those reasons. I, I don't know, Jacob, I, your facial expression makes it seem like maybe you're a little cooler. Yeah, I think I think that it has one exceptional level, uh, like one part that is almost a must play. And then the rest of it, I think, is pretty mediocre. You know, that is a kind of like if you really loved Village, you should play it. And, and if not, you can skip it. Can I guess? But, is it yeah, revisiting yeah, house uh, Beneviento? Is it like that's, that whole? That's correct. Oh, yeah. really? Is that the yeah. part too? Because I saw some people say like it's actually scarier than anything in Village. And is that kind of the section I mean, where they elevate it? I guess, but it's yeah, it's like it's not, it's not like eek scary, but it, <laughs> it was the kind of like like when I realized what they were doing, I like was like. Oh my god, that's so good. You know, like it's just it's just like clever. What do you think about just kind of spoiling something about I know this isn't God of War Ragnarok. This is like DLC for a game that came out a couple years ago that I don't know if a lot of people will play. Yeah, I think I mean sure we'll put timestamps below if you want to skip. I I think what you're talking about, Jacob, this is a fun guessing game for me, is that there's a mannequin enemy that only moves when you're not looking at it. So the like the 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 trick of you know getting away from it is like either walking away and facing it as you walk away and then like you turn around and you hear it like rushing after you and you turn around and then it like it stops again in like mid animation like that stuff's really cool and then like after that sequence there's like a whole part where you're kind of shrunken down in the house and it almost it feels almost like little nightmaresy where you're just like a little bit smaller than the the structure of the house and and that part's weird it ends up it ends up kind of being like a stealth sequence where you're avoiding spotlights Huh, yeah, it's as, like, yeah, that it's part as I think bad is as I thought it was going to be when I first realized what it was. But like, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I know like it's it. exclusively the part that I'm talking about. It's like you should just look this up on YouTube is there is there is this part where it, it's it's like the Doctor Who weeping angels thing. If anyone's ever seen that where it's like, oh, you can't like blink or look away or the angels will get closer. But it's like you are backing down a hallway locked eyes with this mannequin and then you have to turn a corner and so you like back around the corner but when you you can't see the mannequin anymore and then the mannequin will like lurch around oh, the corner good. and freeze again and it's like <laughs> it's so good it's just like the animation on it is perfect and the level design is all built around you having to kind of try and keep eye contact with it it's That's just fun. like it is just clever. You know, it's one of those things that you play where it's just like yeah. the people who thought of this are so good at making <laughs> scary video game moments. And then sometimes you walk backwards into a second mannequin that you didn't know oh, was there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, that part's the highlight for sure. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, um, but it's the the story is dumb. Like it's it's like a it's one of those where it's like Rose just keeps saying, wait, like, hold everyone... on, Resident Evil game? You're saying the story is dumb? <laughs> but, but it's like, it's not dumb in a campy way, or maybe it is, but it's like, you're playing as Rose, and she keeps being like, everyone made fun of me at school because I had powers. And I was just like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what did they make fun of you because you had powers? <laughs> oh, also, yeah. You remember those superpowers. Supergirl. <laughs> it also does that, that, uh, uh, that thing... It, it answers a, a question like the whole story feels to me like it's answering a specific question about the post credit scene of village that like I didn't care about or needed answering 
basically yeah i, I okay. that part i won't spoil in case you want well, it's to like the like... but the end the end of the dlc is literally just the end cutscene of resident evil 8 again yeah it contextualizes oh, it more and i was like i didn't really but it's like it just context. shows the whole scene yeah, yeah. Right, right okay uh, did anybody else play that resident evil reverse the multiplayer thing no i haven't did anybody on earth um play resident evil reverse i'm waiting <laughs> for silent hill f that's what i'm waiting for it's the same developers yeah that's the that's the weird detail so this is the multiplayer resident evil game the pvp resident evil game and kyle don't be confused this isn't umbrella core and don't be confused this is an operation raccoon city this is something oh, else but entirely it must be different then. it is not outbreak and no it is not oh, resident I- evil resistance which everybody else confuses <laughs> it with the resident evil 3 uh pack-in thing which i don't think is online anymore i couldn't find any evidence that it was i couldn't find it on steam at least that was like that weird 4v1 game you know it's like one of those dragon ball the breakers clones um but uh, yes yeah, so I, I jumped in and streamed uh, resident evil reverse a little bit uh this morning on Minmex's twitch account it is weird um so it comes with villages dlc you can't buy it standalone and it just feels like this half-hearted attempt from capcom to be like there's pvp resident evil everybody uh there's also i don't know there's like a battle pass in there and there's a bunch of boosters and numbers that you can carry about if you really want to but by and large it's just going to be a very small handful of maps and then you can run around and shoot each other um jacob you've seen trailers for this thing right i've seen trailers okay let me tell you something good and something weird and something barred and something blue but reverse um something good is it's just like you know pvp like okay you're running around the police station you can choose to be claire leon whoever the hell you want hunk run around and shoot each other up um but there's items weapons you can pick up all that fun stuff you find herbs just lying around to heal everything you'd imagine it actually it doesn't control bad like i was expecting it to be a real a real mess but it's like oh it kind of feels like the resident evil 2 remake like this feels okay to run around in um but then the fun thing is they have just vials of like just labeled virus t virus c virus uh reverse virus who knows what the hell it is these days but there's just vials of viruses all around the arena and so you can swig those and that's like building up a little meter and so the more virus that you chug as a human when you die you become a more powerful enemy <laughs> so if you don't chug any virus while you're alive then when you die you just become some it's like the, i think they're little crappers that are in like the sewer in like resident evil 2 just like, like and they like just puke and explode on you or whatever the hell but then if you're just going around the arena like chugging everything then when you die you become nemesis in the next life or the weirdest one is you can become like jack from resident evil 7 where it's like what i guess he's a monster i guess it's just it's really what is and then are you i mean it's like do you have an incentive to be the most powerful zombie does that help you you? uh you can kill people uh i guess you're just stronger so so when you die you you it's not just like you get to control it oh yeah 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 you're directly controlling it then when you die as the monster then you turn back into the human again but it's that weird thing of like turning into a freaky monster and then running around the map being like all right this is gonna be sweet let's go get the humans then like all the monsters are attacking each other like no that's not the fun the fun is only to focus on like attacking leon if you want to be a a weird nemesis monster not just taking each other are out. there can there be like multiple nemesises yep nemeses, oh it's, it's as silly and as dumb as possible they just pack it full i mean literally i played like half an hour of this thing and had the impression of like that wasn't as bad as people thought but of course everyone on steam is like this battle pass nonsense and also what do you give it out of 10 uh, probably 11 
Um, no. I mean, I don't know. Sounds reasonable. It does have the ability to do, like, a private match. So, like, maybe this would be a fun, like, min-max uh, community game to play or something for a little bit. Because it's it's dumb and it's small Dodging and it's slight. I'll say, like, looking at it, it was never something uh, that I was like, this six looks jam. bad. As much as it was just like, I, I don't, uh, that's not what I'm looking for from Resident Evil. I, like, I, I, and it just seems like Capcom. It's about scary single-player exploration games. You right. Know? When you're when they're having the discussions at Capcom about what we do with Resident Evil, how do we make the most out of this property? They're like, all right, we got shows, we got movies, we got good games. What about bad games? No, but I do think they have that discussion about, like, it seems like a multiplayer something should be doable, and they keep trying to run up that hill, and this feels like the shortest sprint up that hill of like, okay, what if we just tried a little bit and then buried it within Resident Evil Village's launcher? Well, I guess it's like a separate standalone thing, but you can only get it if you have Village. And so it's like, how do they expect this to like catch on in any way? It's just, it's a bizarre release that I'm sure will be offline within two years that people will barely remember. But uh, but yeah, it also, it has like a weird comic book look to it. Like it has like this filter, which the I was very thankful. You can just turn that off and then it looks like, you know, not quite as good as RE2, RE3 remake, of course, but it's like, all right, this just looks like a Resident Evil game now, nowadays, so it's not too bad. Also, it has really, like, bizarre, like, club music playing throughout the matches. It just has, like, an EDM beat happening as you're running around shooting each other, and we're watching, or, like, people watching the stream this morning, they're like, it feels just kind of like the ambient soundtrack you'd hear in like the multiplayer match for like some random ps2 game i think like charles mcgregor was saying that it's just it has a weird tone overall so i wish they'd do like like dubstep versions of the save room themes from the different <laughs> <Exactly>. resident evil <laughs> yeah is it too much to ask well they got a lot, a lot of room to grow here with reverse and like just make it a standalone thing put it on game pass why not it's just i just wish they would swing a little bit more for the fences with something like this but what are you gonna do uh all right that's that whole thing we hope you enjoyed our report card um, now, uh, PSVR 2 is what we shall talk about as a collective group. Uh, they announced what today, Jacob, as of the time of this recording? What did we learn? Uh, that it will cost more than a PlayStation 5. Bup! Yeah. So this thing is $550 coming up February 22nd, 2023. Um, $600 if you get the Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle. So it's nice to see that that thing's going to be there at launch at least. Uh, yeah, gut reaction to that as somebody who likes VR a lot, Jacob Geller? I, I am still excited. I think the, the PSVR 2 is really exciting from a specs perspective. Like, I'm really excited about how high quality of a thing that seems like. And yeah. honestly, I don't, it's like $550 is the price that that should cost just based on like the resolution and the you know whatever all all the things in it i am more disappointed that they still really don't have an exciting lineup of games for it like that's you know when i was thinking about like am i gonna put my name on the like pre pre pre-order list right and it's like other than horizon and resident evil 8 they don't really have anything first party announced and the games that they do have announced just kind of look like crappy games that show up on the Oculus store, you know, like they're not exciting. Yeah, I do hear it. it, it I mean, it's impressive that they're getting Horizon Call of the Mountain out there at launch, but still at the same time, it's like, that's, a, that's the best we got. It's like a Horizon option. I understand Horizon's beloved. I need to get with the times. It's cool. It's good. It's, it's one of their big IPs now, but it's still, it's not exactly... 
a system seller in my eyes and at yeah, launch I mean, if you don't if have they that were just like oh. the astrobot team is making an astrobot yes. game like yep. that would be but like they really you know it's like oh we have like a a game where you're on a haunted roller coaster from the Until Dawn people, and yep. I'm like that looks bad. Like that Which, looks like a normal PSVR game. I, I was I was really confused about that because that was that was a launch game for PSVR for right. Until Dawn. Oh, okay, so right. that's what it looks like. That. So it's just kind of I a mean, callback to that, or is it something new? I think, I think it's, it's something, something new. new. Yeah, just maybe it's a spiritual successor, and it's weird that mm. you know maybe they're saving. Maybe they'll have a big PS PSVR two. Uh, state of play. I'm sure they will. And yeah. hopefully then they can focus it down like, okay, here are the games you should be excited about. Maybe Half-Life Alex is coming to this thing. It feels like a lot of people are expecting well, I, that to happen, but radio I mean, silence so that, far. Um, I'm sure you feel the same way, Hanson and, and Jacob and Janet too. I, I just want Astrobot like, just give me like, you know, the port, like upgrade it a little bit sure. for PSVR 2. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy fancy, but like so many people miss that game. That would be a great opportunity to yeah. for more people to play it, you know? Yeah, you would think that'd be coming. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, you could look at the yeah, stock, what do they call it, Kyle? Stock prices? Why am I blanking on that? Sure. Stock market. I don't know what you're trying to get at. The, the Dow yeah. Jones. What am I trying to say? <laughs> the stock price of Facebook? Is that what you say? No, I'm not maybe. a market, I don't know what you're trying market to say, value, though. market cap. If you look at What's the Facebook? average market cap for Meta, I'm sorry, it just like it just seems like it's plummeting, and then the push to the whole metaverse thing is really working. I mean, oh, you Oculus, mean like VR in general, like well, I'm just trying to VR is down. It just seems like momentum is slowing down, and to have Sony be like, yeah, but we're coming back again, and it's like, okay, what do you got for us? It's gonna look better. It's like, yeah, we got that, but. If it didn't work last time when it felt like they were making a bigger push, at least for the launch window of PSVR, but again, well, maybe but we're I mean, one state of play. Like, I don't think it didn't work. It, like, they sold, they sold a lot of copies of that thing. Yeah, I think, just think, culturally, I think the wind is out of the sail quite a bit for any VR enthusiasm, and it would take a miracle to kind of wind that clock back up, and I don't think it's happening based on what we've seen so far. I, well, I feel, I like, feel it like it sold okay. Like yeah. it sold more than I think you might expect, but it's still in comparison to like user their user base. I don't think the numbers were that off the charts. Um, I feel like with PSVR two, it is very clear that PlayStation has decided that they're interested in pursuing it, and that's like this is their like art project essentially. Um, that bit. being said, I'm sure they are probably most hardware sells at a loss, and I imagine VR. Is it either isn't different or the gain is very small or it's like a kind of break even situation. I think the 550, even though it may be like worth it to Jacob's point with like the specs and what it costs. And I get that they're making it better. But at the same time, it is more expensive than the console. And that matters. I feel like people want to talk about how well it's justified. So you can't be bitter about it. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be bitter because it's it's fifty dollars more than the console. And I know I have a lot of good games to play on that console. And that console is backwards compatible. PSVR 2, it's a niche thing that isn't backwards compatible with the last niche thing you put out. And like, I might still get it just because I'm on PS. I love you and I want to be able to talk about PSVR and I yeah. like VR. And I think and I, you know, I want to like support what they're doing. But at the same time, like that is such a high buy-in. They would have to put out so much high-quality software for me to ever say that it's worth that money. Like, that's just facts. Because pe yeah. the people getting it aren't just... I mean, there are people that will get it to be part of the VR culture of, like, the spectacle of what do they pull off with their particular brand of hardware and their things, like, what they do with the, 
you know, the sense kind of stuff with the controller and all of that. But other than those people, like that's a niche within a niche. Like you need software to sell this hardware and they now need so much to yeah. justify it um, that I think that's a very tall order and it puts it in a very bad spot, frankly. That's a real tall yeah, net. I mean, I do. I want to I want to push back on the meta comparison just because it's like the wind is out of everyone's sails on meta because it's the stupidest possible thing you could ever do with VR, which is be like, don't you want to sit in an office in <laughs> VR? And it's like, it's like, no, no one wants to do that. Right. The thing that VR can do, do and consistently does already is like, I have never played a game that has done anything like this. And I do think that PSVR 2 is very capable of doing that. And so I don't mind that they're like, the games look better or whatever. It's like they don't need to reinvent the VR wheel. They just need to put money into producing games for it. Uh, but yeah. they haven't shown that they're doing that either yeah. at this point. I do recall the mountains going to be awesome, though, like probably. from the preview stuff that came out. I wish it. I knew how big that game was going to be. Like, is it going to be like, yeah. you know, 12 hours long or is it going to be like, a you know, the last Guardian thing where it's kind of like, oh, you can see a Tall neck. Probably somewhere I don't know, but you can pick the arrow up out of the water yourself, which sounds that cool. That does But again, really $550, that's a lot. for. It was already a lot to just be cool. Like, VR was never going to be, like, it, it, at least not in this year, going to be mainstream at that level. Yeah. But this makes it, the now the buy-in is even more of a hard sell for, I think, people that maybe would be on the fence. Like, you're really just doing this for the culture. And how many people want to drop 550 for the culture? That's a lot of money to it drop. It is a lot, for sure. Uh, for frame reference, yeah, PSVR, the first headset sold 5 million units uh, as of 2020. So, like, yeah, I, they saw it successful enough to give it another go. Jerry Geller, what are you doing over there? <laughs> What's happening? I'm sorry. To you, I was adjusting my standing desk so I could stand up and trying to <laughs> do it in a non distracting way. I didn't know if you were doing like a <laughs> VR bit or something. I don't know what that was. Anyways, so yep, uh, February 22nd, 2023 for PSVR 2. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Is um, anyone getting this really quick? Like of y'all? Like no, way. I'm gonna try to because of my I'm, job. But I am on the edge. If they announced like yeah. three more games that sounded cool, but it's I mean, also it's like I have I have money to throw away on dumb game stuff. You know, it's like me buying it is not necessarily me being like everyone should buy this. Right. right. But I'm curious since you. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, Village in VR is surprisingly enticing. Really? Um, mm -hmm. That I. Yeah. I. Maybe we'll see. I'm not. I'm and not they said they're going to do right. some yeah. stuff about RE4 in VR too, right? Oh, really? There was some something, not like the full game, but there's going to be some. I think some, some feature, yeah. something. Well, I mean, something. I have the full game on Quest already, and it's great. So it's weird. Yeah, yeah but this is for the remake, Kyle. Just think of the potential there, Kyle. Right. The re that's what you guys talking about. The remake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The trophies. Yeah. Oh, the trophies, Kyle. Uh, hey, Jacob. Do you know this whole thing operates? Uh, uh, we're we're buying VR consoles in bulk and selling them to people. That is seventy percent of our business, at least. But the rest comes from Patreon supporters. Patreon.com/slash/minmax with two ends. Just follow that link below. Check it out. Find the tier that's right for you. We have a lot of great options for you. Please check it out. Start of a new month. It's going to be a good one. So please jump in there. Uh, and thank you to some of our bigger supporters, including look at this, ladies and gentlemen, HelloFresh. 
HelloFresh, if you're not familiar uh, with the HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why, Kyle, it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, you can subscribe to HelloFresh and check save money off your fall to-do list. HelloFresh is 25% off cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping too. And Kyle, you know how sometimes you're like, I want to eat healthy, but I don't really have that much time. Every day, my friend. Every day. Well, HelloFresh can help with that. Uh, they say, hey, have a packed fall calendar. You can use HelloFresh's quick and easy meals for 20-minute recipes or low prep and easy cleanup options. You'll spend less time in the kitchen overall. Um, I was delighted when they reached out. It's like, hey, do you want us to send you HelloFresh to your house? Then you can talk about it on the podcast. Like, Absolutely. We already use them. That is great. I'm a big fan. Uh, so uh, it's great to have them. It's just uh, they send the packages. It's wonderful. Like, okay, they're all separated already you got ready to go it's all illustrated and beautiful it's easy to use i am an idiot when it comes to cooking and i can make stuff that tastes good uh so we recommend you can go to hellofresh.com minmax 65 that is the url there's a link below hellofresh.com minmax 65 and you can use the promo code minmax 65 again there's two ends in minmax but minmax 65 for this is the part that is genuinely shocking. Um, they're not telling me to say this. I saw it and I was like, is this right? For 65 65% off, 65% off plus free shipping. So hellofresh.com slash minmax65, use promo code 65 for 65% off plus free shipping for HelloFresh. Kyle, they are America's number one meal kit. That's, that's not that's significant, man. Hey, 65% off. That's something. Uh, also, it's also a great way to learn how to cook. Like that is true. Generally, you that know, is true. It helps. It's good. Hey, there we go, Kyle. Uh, also, uh, I am 8-Bit. Our dear friends at I am 8-Bit, they want everybody to know about the Cuphead Collector's Edition available at their store, the I am 8-Bit exclusive Collector's Edition of Cuphead. It comes with the game. Also comes with a Cuphead marionette, which is fully puppetable. They're key on emphasizing, so please check that out. And you can check out everything else in I am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Uh, I am 8-Bit.com. Head over there and you can use the promo code no space here. Cornbread casserole. Cornbread casserole? It's kind of like a little secret. See if you can figure out how to type this one in, everybody. No space. Cornbread casserole for 10% off everything in I am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Help support them because they've been a huge supporter of MinMax, including in ways you couldn't possibly imagine. Or maybe you could because what they do is they ship out a prize each and every week to a member of the MinMax community who submits the greatest question over on Patreon. So this week, whoever's the best question will remember each and every one. Whoever's the best one will win the vinyl soundtrack to Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. So look alive, everybody. Here we go. Thank you to our supporters. All right. Number one question. Y'all ready for this? Remember the Lego movie where then they say, oh, I guess he was ready for that? That was a funny moment. That was Lego movie one, wasn't it? Oh, you mean Mario? That's right. Uh, Trey Ellison writes in, though, and says, Hey, Ben and the Horts, hello. With God of War Ragnarok around the corner and the recent trend of Sony's remake strategy, it's got me thinking, could you see a future where the original God of War gets a remake? This could be, this would be a remake project that actually makes sense in the fact that there's not a great way to play the original two games, even on modern hardware, and enough time has passed for a remake to make sense. But given where God of War has shifted in tone and character with the 2018 game, do you think a remake can stand with the new direction of the series, or should it be left in the past? 
Oh, the old one. When I read this question, I thought they meant 2018. I was like, God, oh, I interesting. <laughs> really? It's just with the times. I, I was like, oh. I do think it could stand yeah. it, com- with 2018 and, and 2022 or Ragnarok, I guess we should say, because it is sort of crucial to the long term like legacy of God of War. Like those Greek adventures like are canon and they like establish a lot of important characterization for Kratos moving forward. So in that sense, like I, I think it could. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would like to like revisit that game. I I think it would be kind of cool to see a remake of the original God of War. Yeah, I would I would really like it. I I like those two, but I do think one. I think they would make it in the style of the new one. Yeah. Like I I think it would essentially be a you know RE2 remake, and that would make me a little sad because I like the combat of those early ones. But also, I just think it would be such a quote-unquote regression for kratos like it's just i mean it's like one it's a regression and it's like those games have sex mini games like they're gonna they're gonna take those out like they're gonna (laughs) do but but also it's just like they're you know god of war 2018 is the best-selling game in the franchise i'm pretty sure and it's like here's a kratos that like does not really evolve as a character like you know the story of those games are interesting but i just think it would be kind of shocking to people who know the new kratos to go back to this old one and have the story of kratos be essentially he's mad the whole time yeah for frame of reference yeah god of war 2018 sold 15 million copies the first god of war sold 4.6 i think it does make sense but also i think they would feel the pressure, yeah, to up the production values to such a ridiculous degree to make basically make it like a new Sony Santa Monica game. And then at that point, might as well just move things forward. And it's like, I don't know if there's another studio that would take this as a challenge. And then also it's like, okay, what do you... Hey, ready at dawn. Well, they're a Facebook... <laughs> I'm sorry, they're a meta it. company, Kyle. They, you can, they're oh, yeah, busy. That's right, that's right. They've been absorbed. Just put them on PlayStation meta. Plus Premium. Yeah, yeah it's like, ju- I yeah. truly just give me like an HD... Like I don't, I don't need new graphics. I just want to be able to play them easily. Collection. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it, make it backwards 4K. compatible. God of War 4K is what we want. Wouldn't it be weird to hear like Chris Judge though, like the new Kratos actor, like just letting her rip and be more full rage Kratos in like those original games with those lines and stuff? Like, no, you, you just click L3 and R3, and he, you get a lot of that. Even I yeah, you get true. that. You get I that. Guess. There's not a lack of yelling in the yeah. new God of War. Yeah, <laughs> in either of them. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's some stupid soy boy now. He doesn't even yell. Uh, Charles <laughs> Davis writes in and says, "Enough with the remakes already. Can we just get some makes?" Yeah, Charles, you get it. Seriously, when will this trend of remakes ever end? I'm so sick of people settling for them, knowing all that talent could have been used to make something new. What's it going to take? Can we campaign in some way? Are there even any games left to remake anyway? I mean, damn. Yeah, the original God of War, uh, Charles. I think you might have to check it out. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. Considered. <laughs> right. Um, no, I, never. Just, I need to stop buying them. Like, on a personal level. I, I will always buy them and replay them. <laughs> well, I, I, I wonder, as, you know... I'm trying to think of just like where we're at in the history of games and if we're in kind of a hot spot for remakes because we're remaking a lot of stuff that was early 3D and pretty clunky and really prime for a remake. But as we go along, I think, you know, God of War 2018 will age relatively well. You know, I think like the generations 
I think are getting smarter and smoother and part of it's I mean, just technical just, know-how. They remade The Last of Us. It's like right. anything you can say, I feel like, is discounted by the fact that they remade The Last of Us, which is <laughs> yeah, a game right. that looked fine and played fine and was easily playable. Yeah. Like now. So I, I like I don't know. It's well, I, I think it's only capitalism kind of motivating. I really don't think it's a like because we need these you know if the the easy solution would be just make them make it easier to play old games but they realize that like instead of backwards compatibility you can just sell them again yeah yep yeah so uh charles buckle up it'll never end i hope you're ready for it uh p.s yes ben final fantasy 7 remake will be permitted to finish still thank you charles thank you for that gift uh you're a very, very generous soul uh, Mike Lynch writes in and says, The MinMax crew who came from Game Informer seems averse to putting themselves out there on social media with Instagram and TikTok. And the newer members seem to already be comfortable in that world. And just more comfortable in their skin, I'd say. So how has the last three years been with some becoming comfortable social media and others teaching them to be comfortable utilizing it? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're on Instagram. I do a little Instagram video every day saying what we're up to here at MinMax, and we post pictures on there and stuff, but yeah. my personal Instagram, I stopped using in probably like 2018. When the new God of War came out, I was like, that's it. I'm packing up shop. I'm just like, Changed I don't, everything. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't need to share. should be nice to my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap, my son. These pictures. <laughs> I will say Instagram is not a great platform for uh, jokes and comedy, and that's like my favorite thing. It's like a great funny tweet however and increasingly a great funny tiktok well that's you know, it right exist. yeah so, you'll so just that i'm a little more inclined thing. to do but instagram I, i've just it's not great for like writing like words you know which it, is what the platform is and it and that's cool that that exists for that reason but that's why i'm not a big user of it myself because you don't think visually you can be as creative as other people you don't have a, a life you want to show off of you like in a bathtub on a beach I don't like taking selfies. I do for min-max, and those are like the only selfies I ever take, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you sound so defeated by it. I, don't I, take, like I take the selfies for min-max, I guess. Uh, yeah, Janet. Let me take one right now, actually, while I'm thinking about it. Janet, you're so shrewd um, with this stuff. I know we've talked about it before, <laughs> but how much of you, like, pushing Instagram, pushing TikTok is, like, career-focused versus personal satisfaction-focused? Um, I'd say like most of it's career focused. Right. Okay. Um, but Twitter, I just genuinely never shut up. So it's the perfect platform for me. And I like, like Kyle, I like writing. So it's like, I was on Twitter a lot for like, I've, I've been on there for like 10 years, like far before I said, I think I would post anywhere regardless of my career. Like I yeah. like making content. So they're kind of like end up being synonymous. Like I don't share a lot of personal life stuff on TikTok Cause I just feel like the platform, it, it's a little bit awkward to like, like my family, I think is more willing to be in like a photo I post to Instagram than like, Hey, get into this video, which is like inherently content. Like I don't really, right. I never like post people without their permission. Um, so that's kind of another reason I don't have more of my personal life in there just cause you know, it's my personal life, but in yeah. the people involved. Speak, yeah. Speaking of you on Twitter, this isn't a judgment, but I remember I had a sure. moment recently of like, Holy Lord. <laughs> when, when the Mario movie trailer came out, I was like, Janet is letting her rip. And when that launched, you had 16 tweets about it. <laughs> I, I really I was like, I need to count this because I am just amazed. And then I think like the next day you had some more and I lost count at that point. But I was like, Janet is blasting on you Twitter. You did by a lot of people, but that's okay. I understand. 
Because you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot to say. You got to get out there. Twitter's a good place for it. At least it was. And then everyone's in an uproar about it. And we yeah, unpacked like when, all when that. When there's content like that, like I take my laptop out and I like sit at the helm to like post whatever. <laughs> like no joke. Like you can. Yeah. Like it's it. One, it's just like naturally kind of what I would do anyway. But two, it's like that's timeliness is everything in our industry so yeah, yeah like i always will post i'm like i'm gonna watch it like if i'm not live reacting to it i'll like live tweet it um yeah. is sort of my thing for the most part shake up Geller, do you post a bunch of stuff on instagram or what's your tiktok strategy give us the hot tips no I'll, i'm sorry my dog is going nuts in the background um i feel like there's there's a line for me between like content that takes effort and doesn't and so it's like twitter no effort easy to mm-hmm. do whatever uh the videos i make very high effort take a lot um yeah and i mean instagram i just don't use because it's like i wouldn't have things to say and i kind of like it being my personal life you know it's like i just follow the people i know there but stuff like tiktok is just like it's a little too it would like take significant time away from the the things that I actually do that take effort uh, to start making TikToks. And it's like, I just don't think it would result in something worth it. And yeah, you know, so it's like, I think that Twitter is more popular just because it's like, you can sit on the couch and tweet. But it's like, if I was going to make a TikTok, I would probably write it. And then like, if I wrote it, then like, why wouldn't I just be making a video? Yeah. And uh, if you want us to really unpack Twitter and how we're feeling and, you know, MinMax strategies on Twitter and all that fun stuff. Uh, this episode of Party Chat this week, we we talked all about that stuff. Um, yeah, TikTok, um, I learned to like it and then I uninstalled it quickly for my phone because I liked it a little bit too much and it kind of was freaking me <laughs> out. And so with that, it's like I, we launched a MinMax uh, channel on TikTok. What do you call that? account page page account. whatever um and i was like sharing clips and stuff on there and like some of them were doing very well you remember like our kirby reveal reaction for kirby in the forgotten land it had like six thousand views or something i was like oh hey that's that's something but they also they artificially boost your first videos so you get addicted to Those posting dirty dogs that really explains it that really does so it got to the point of like i know it's smart i know i should put more clips on there i literally have a folder full of clips i'm going to make a whole end of the year montage and stuff for youtube at least but i was like i just don't want that i don't want to do it i don't want to do one more thing i don't want to sit there and watch this thing slowly update on tiktok and upload and work through all that stuff and i know it's me it becomes a lot of work it's at a certain blech. point like and then there's new platforms launching all the time like yeah I think you got to, you know, you pick some things and you make things slowly work for you and you build it up over time. Like it's outside of just hiring more people to do things like you're not going to be able to be everywhere all the time at once. Yeah. And have it be good. Like, you know, so, you know, you just do your best. Yeah. If you I, want to even. <laughs> you don't have to do your best at all. But uh, Jared, Jared no, Meyer. You, don't. you just get who, none of this is matters. So like, just do whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> Anarchy! Uh, no, but uh, you posted, uh, Janet, you shared that uh, Jared Meyer from the community is like uploading just like fan clips on, yes. on TikTok under like, I think it's called like MinMax fan or something. It's like, oh, it's yeah. nice that some MinMax stuff is, is out there at least. That's nice. Um, Nathan Paxton has a related question saying, hello, MinMax crew. Uh, Gotham Knights seem to be the latest in a long line of games, movies, etc. that becomes trendy to dunk on on social media. Well, there's plenty of criticism to be made. Many things found on social media seem to be mean spirited and designed to paint the game in as bad as light as possible. Why do you I've think never this, encountered this. No. Why do you think this happens for some games? I think people 
this is like kind of a mean opinion, but it is my opinion. Here we go. I think people often like hold their tongue for things that they maybe dislike because they don't want to be seen as be told they're wrong or be seen as unpopular or be seen as mean spirited. Mm-hmm. So they won't really say what they think about it like a mid game. But if a game is like bad enough that everyone agrees it's bad, they're like, well, now's my time where I can punch and no one's going to tell me that I'm wrong because everyone agrees with so me. So just snowballs. And I'm like, keep that same energy for the game that you don't think is that good that everyone else thinks is good. Not that you have right. to be mean to every game. Like, I don't think you need to, s- to sit around and make fun of everything all the time. But like, I am how I am all the time, which is admittedly usually more negative than most people around me, which is why it was funny with like Gotham Knights. People were like, I want to hear what Jansen, because it's like everyone agrees it's a bad game and they know that I'm like generally critical. Like I don't like, you know, the old Uncharted's and everyone loves those. But like, that's just I'm me all the time. But some people just decide like now's my time where I can be that person. And I'm never that person because I don't have the guts to be when it's unpopular. So that's why I think people like to dunk on stuff I, that is accepted. I have a, a, a slightly different, maybe just for me personally, but I think it does sometimes happen where it's like from the second I saw Gotham Knights, I was like, that is not what I want. That is not, a, this is a bad direction to go in the Batman franchise. This looks bad. I don't want it. And mm-hmm. then when it comes out, and it is that, you know, there is kind of a little, like, I told you so, of just like, we could have said this, you know, of like that feeling of like every, you know, it's the quibby thing of like, you can see the shipwreck coming from 10 miles away, and yet for some reason it still has a billion dollars written about it written about it you know like yeah, yeah. It, it it feels it feels good in a way to just be like i could make a decision that all these like ceos did not make i think that's right I, totally and also i mean there's also just kind of the old aspect of i forget what president it was i think it was a president that said at some point that he said the press are like birds on a telephone wire like if one flies off they all will fly off <laughs> and i think there is a little bit of that on twitter too of just like oh what's this everyone's dunking on gotham knights okay and they're dunking gotham knights you know it's like and it, maybe it is hiding in the cover like janet mentioned you know uh zane dukes says hey the tennessee volunteers are the number one college football team in the country for the first time since 1998 yeah go volunteers um they might be making this team up i'm not sure um, what has anybody ever heard of them? Tennessee Volunteers? No, sounds familiar. Nope. Jacob, I remember at the name is so unique. That, it is uh, weird. Yeah. You're, you're like their neighbor, Jacob Keller, and you don't even know about these volunteers. Um, yeah, I got into a lot of bordering states. <laughs> uh, what video game from 1998 would you say is number one to celebrate? Oh, okay, would you say is number one to celebrate the Volunteers? So, which video game from 1998 is the best? And this is all in honor of the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, okay, here's some games from 98, just year. as an example. Oh, wow. I o- just Googled. This okay, is careful. Big we, year. we got Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid, Half-Life, Resident Evil 2, StarCraft, Baldur's Gate, Tekken 3, Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Yellow, Grim Fandango, Sonic Adventure. That's... Is that... No, that's 99. Anyway, Star Wars yeah, Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Well, that might have been the Japanese release, actually. Oh, did Drinkos come out earlier? There? Probably did. Yeah. Um, well, let's not count I mean, that one. It's, it's, it's definitely a contender, so let's keep focusing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Maybe we can just kind of rank these. Um, none of us have played Baldur's Gate, I will presume. So let's say that's number one Correct. in our hearts, yes, but it's one. not going to be factored into this list, and I apologize to all, all fans who oh, are smarter wait, than us. Oh, wait, wait. Huge update here, just because it's interesting to me. Uh, uh Sonic Adventure came out on my birthday in Japan in 1998. Oh my god! Uh, um, okay, this is ultimately a race between 
StarCraft. Ocarina and Metal Gear. Ocarina and Metal Gear. Half-Life and StarCraft? Those four? Banjo-Kazooie was fun. Banjo-Kazooie was fun. That's my no favorite about game it. from that year. Pokemon I Yellow think. is fun. Pokemon Stadium is fun. Tekken 3. Resident Evil 2. Is good. Grim Fandango! But I think... Like, like, are we the, voting the on The one I want... The one I would be saddest if it didn't exist is Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I think. I but, you know, that's game. that's like the if if there wasn't Metal Gear Solid, I feel like the games would look worse today in like a really significant way. Yeah, because if we didn't have Ocarina, we'd still have Link to the Past. Um, on Metacritic, Ocarina is the number one, and it's ranked at ninety nine. <laughs> Wow. Which would never happen again. Yeah, no play way. that game now, okay? <laughs> I have, recently. It's yeah, still but still. I mean, I have a tough time because Metal Gear Solid is, yeah, my favorite of this list. I mean, StarCraft is, is pretty damn high, but I have a tough time arguing that Ocarina of Time is a worse game than Metal Gear Solid. Like, I don't think you can really... You yeah. can't ding it. It's, so it's just a matter of like, mean, personal preference. O- Ocarina is just my personal pick because that is the game that, like, as much as I love video games and yeah. playing them during the Super Nintendo era, it was Ocarina of Time that I was like, oh, this is a medium of artistic expression that is unrivaled by anything else. Uh, I want to, I want to think about video games in a in a real way, yeah. in a more like be- make it my job at some point in the future kind of turning point for me was finishing Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's my pick. But man, I similar feelings about Metal Gear Solid for sure. I guess we just have to go with the unanimous pick then, which is Tekken 3. So congratulations, Tekken 3. Go go Vols! Um, Yarf says, hey, are there any Halloween best practices or generally accepted etiquette? If your porch light is on, it means you are a devout participant with candy. If there are no other elements <laughs> objectively indicating participation in this sacred, hollow, wicked night, no light, no one out front, then leave the house alone. Then why did multiple houses with lights on and decorations have no candy? And why did people knock on my door at 9.57 p.m. for candy, even though everything was off outside? What is the trick-or-treat window? Where were all the trick-or-treaters? <laughs> Okay. I'm just hearing louder Wait, and louder. You're talking, you're talking about the rules of society to children. They don't know. But they're not wandering they aimlessly. They have a guardian yeah. or somebody. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, you're shaking your head like that's nonsense. I There's mean, it's no like, guardians I out saying, there. I, I, started, I started trick or... Like, I was trick or treating without parents when I was in, like, sixth, seventh grade, you know? And so it was like... there. I, I did not know the... The, the cultural taboos well let's assume this is parent guided i mean i will say i was i was driving on halloween at like five and i saw people trick-or-treating and i was horrified you say at five years old you were driving yourself <laughs> yeah my hand out the window um no but i saw some dopey kid in like a tiger costume at five and i was like it, no parents you're doing a bad job you're blowing it you gotta it's gotta be a little bit dark at least to go trick-or-treating them's the rules i'm sorry and then the cutoff 8.30? 2 a.m. 2 a.m.? 8.30 is really early. Do you think? I think I, so. You're saying it has to be dark, and now it's like that yeah. That window is not that big. Well, for us in Minnesota, it's like, what, it's 6.15 to 8.30. That seems like good trick-or-treating yeah, window. that's good. Um, but I was I was shocked. Uh, we only had two people come by our place. I was I was quite surprised. Granted, yeah, I feel we like... had zero decorations and our light was broken. But other than that, I was shocked. I, I think trick-or-treating might have got more uh concentrated in that like uh, the places yeah. that get hit hard 
really get hit because people like drive in and then everywhere else is kind of lessened. Yeah, I think so. Kyle, did you go all out? Did a lot of people come by? Uh, no, I, I, I took the kid trick-or-treating. Okay. So we left a bowl of candy out front. Um, we have a motion sensor light, so it wasn't mm, super on, right? Like, yeah. I, I couldn't figure out how to just leave it on. Um, but it was a weird thing where, like, we were doing a trick-or-treating, and I had to, like, tell my kid, I was like, skip this house. Like, don't go to that house. Like, you're wasting <laughs> your time. Like, I have to kept... Like, because it was, like, really lights off. efficient with this thing, yeah. let's stick to the ones that have lights on and decorations. You don't need to go to the houses that don't have their lights on. And it had it became a thing I had to, like, convince her. It was weird. You could have convinced her to come to our house. We had a huge bowl of candy just sitting there. So, you know I mean, what? she had she hit a house that, like, with the lights were all off and stuff, and, and she got, like, a bag of microwave popcorn, which is, like, the telltale, like, this person <laughs> forgot it was Halloween, like, situation. <laughs> you know? A can of soup. Please enjoy. Uh, Janet, do other people come to your place? I have an apartment, oh. so no. But don't they, like, like, wander around the hallways or something? No, and then also, like, I live on, um like, the my apartment is on like where there's like a dead end at the end anyway oh. i've never i've actually never in my life had trick-or-treaters what like oh it's so fun yeah maybe yeah, you should, like find a friend who gets them and just like go that's like the the fun adult thing to do on halloween is just like get some pizza and sit on a porch and hand out candy right great. right but to protect your yeah. pizza maybe one day maybe one day a long time from now <laughs> when i have a property uh andrew baker writes in and says hey min maxers are dinosaurs just dragons without wings? My two and a half year old daughter told me this yesterday because <laughs> she was a dragon for Halloween and we lost the wings for the costume while trick or treating. She then proceeded to ask me this question and it broke my brain. Um, yeah, they are. Yep, problem solved. Brian Lines writes in and says, Hey, Ben and crew, I've heard no one talking about the upcoming Metroidvania called Ghost Song, which is out on November 3rd and is sitting at a healthy 84% on Open Critic as of the time of this writing. I think I can sneak this in before God of War Ragnarok hits. I know Kyle enjoys Metroidvania games. Will anyone at MinMax be giving Ghost Song a try? Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. I think I thumbed up this question because I wanted to hear more about it. It does yeah. look cool. Apparently it's good and it's out on the 3rd. So it is it out like right now. Running out. <laughs> it looks like my kind of creepy, weird kind of game, you know? There's a decent chance. Yep, I asked if anybody wanted the code for it and no one took it so, so it's lingering out there um but it's I cool guess. to see i mean are you in the mood for a metro video i feel like you have to be a, a specific vibe you know? yeah it, it i'm always in the mood for metro video oh. it's good of course oh, okay then uh let's see michael barry writes in and says hey recently i played doom eternal for the first time at my friend's house i played the entire first level wow what a power trip that game is designed to make you feel like a badass between the snappy movement crunchy and squishy sound effects of the heavy metal soundtrack the gameplay can be tough but the entire design of the game makes you truly feel like you could take on the hordes of hell i feel like i could take on the entire empire myself which games have given you a similar power trip power I mean, trip certainly those early god of wars god of war 3 I think ultimate power trip. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's really, it is the most sort of, you are just systematically taking out gods like right. one by one, you know, from the opening 20 minutes of that game, you're like slaughtering a God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly, Bayonetta does come to mind just in like, mm. like how in control you feel of every situation when, you know, it's like, you're never like, I'm at risk of dying. It's always just like, how can I do this in the coolest way possible? Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about uh, Asura's Wrath, which is not, <laughs> you know, like 
you're not control you know you don't feel powerful as a player necessarily but just like by the end of that game asora is uh potentially stronger than any character in any video game has ever been <laughs> more than kirby great question asora okay. versus kirby that's a good one uh christian Jimenez writes and says hey min max uh, better quest goal here so the latest jacob geller video he talks about how replaying sekiro recently has led him to practice piano Sorry for the spoilers, says Christian. I hope that's okay, Jacob. Uh, I have only ever taken one semester of classes at my local college, and that was 10 years ago. But I've always wanted to really learn piano and play it well. I practiced it here and there, but randomly not building a lasting habit yet. Last year, I even bought the Hollow Knight songbook, but haven't made use of it. So I'm challenging myself to learn one of those songs from the Hollow Knight songbook by the end of the year, and maybe that can make Silk Song come out faster. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chance, yeah. Janet, don't you play piano? Aren't you playing it now or something? Yeah, I've been taking lessons for a little bit over a year. Oh, wow. With my brother. Um, he used to be a piano instructor before he went into sports journalism. So, yeah. Is it good? Can you play well? Can you play something for us right now? Um, I can't play something for you right now because my keyboard's on the other side of the desk. But uh, um, I'm, I'm moving along. I'm probably at the level of like a middle schooler or like a mid freshman in high school for like skill level. Like what if someone taking courses and things would be at, according to my brother. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really fun to, I think, find songs that you want to play. Like, that's usually how our lessons go. Like, I do the books and then we'll pick like a fun song, sometimes around holidays or something like. But also like the benefit of having a teacher and like my, you know, I'm obviously biased by my brother's pretty good at teaching. Like he can like do anything. He can like construct songs and stuff so he can like find things at my level and like fix things to be at my level if they're not already. While it's like, OK, how do we get this song but make it so that you can actually play it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, using Tenuto would be dope for that. Like first Tenuto. learning how to sight read and like memorizing, like how to do ledger lines and all of that. Um, and then for like, if you're looking for a book that has more fundamentals, like the Faber Method Piano Adventures books, starting with like, I think level zero might be the first one, but I'm on like the second or third book of those. And they like, I think scale pretty well. Um, right yeah. Joe Kefchinski writes in and says, Hey, everybody, on his last podcast, uh, Jeff Gersman mentioned during his God of War preview that his code is provided by Sony. He then spent a couple minutes talking about Disclosure, how Sony is by far the biggest stickler about it, and how, while more Disclosure is probably better, he thought Sony might be going a little overboard. Does that line up with your experience? Is, quote, code provided by X necessary? Is it insufficient? What are your general thoughts on policies or policies on Disclosure, whether it's in regards to game codes or other interactions? There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, yes, yeah, Stony, Stony, Sony is the most particular, for sure. Um, oh, Nintendo's, they're pretty particular too. But they don't make you shout out. This code was provided by Nintendo, like during podcasts. Yeah, no, and I guess stuff. that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so that feels definitely the most aggressive. And I, I always wonder. You know, I always think of it from the listener's standpoint because I. It seems implied that we're getting codes for a lot of these games or able to apply them, play them for free, but it probably isn't, you know? And so I always, in the Triple Click podcast at the end, they have a note uh, that's in every episode where it says like, oh, codes provided by publishers. You can find more about disclosures, yada, yada, here. And it's like, oh, that's nice to hear because, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should just mention it if we got a code or not, or is it just irrelevant because we're going to talk about the game, we're going to talk about the game. I don't know, maybe it's it's being on this side. I'm like, well, of course it doesn't affect me. But it's like, you know, I, I think there are lots of good, like, I think that in general it is good to disclose if you have, like, conflicts of interest or whatever. Please. But it's like, you know, 
movie reviews don't say like I didn't pay for a ticket to this movie or like like (laughs) you know it's like when you get a book review is not like the publisher mailed me a copy of this book early it just like it it, for this one in particular I'm kind of not sure what value it adds right Uh, but but I'm on I'm on the side that's getting codes for free so maybe you know I mean I your examples there it's like why the hell not like I I would like to know that stuff if like they got if they were invited to the premiere to view the movie in a different setting like yeah I, I like that transparency like the only the only thing I just the only thing is like I'm more I think I'm more likely to forget that it was requested to be done right like it's like it's a thing of like with Sony like I think it was something we had to kind of learn to do it's like oh let's make sure we state this you know um but I, I guess I, I think it's I think it's good I I. Yeah, I want to know where those codes came from for every kind of review. review. The review conditions thing is interesting for the same because it's like going to see a movie where they pay for your ticket. I don't think matters. Going to a premiere is something. The thing where everyone had to go play Metal Gear Solid five in like a locked Konami room for a week and then write their review like that. I think that matters more than like they gave me a code yeah uh so maybe maybe because it's impossible to actually break down what you should and shouldn't say we should all just say everything i don't know no i'm with you i think uh we've talked about before in the podcast but i do think it has an impact when you know we get a code for let's just pick a random game for example dragon ball the breakers this 20 dollar game you know that i can play it and be like i don't know it's kind of dumb fun i had a good time with it moving on it's like you know from the listener's perspective it's like should I spend twenty dollars on this? Like, oh, absolutely not. But you know, but it's like, well, we're just well, talking about they, it. So, but if they want dumb fun, then they should. Like, I right. think for me, it always, uh, you know, for, I usually, and I think a lot of times we do this as well. Like, we'll usually say like, oh, I got a code, and you know, we don't say like, oh, this PR person versus the publisher versus whoever. Um, that is a very Sony specific thing. Um, I, I think it's fine to do either way. I don't think it matters too much, other than like sometimes it's a fun fact for the opposite like oh i actually just bought this one myself right like whatever but yeah i mean i think what you want to spend your money on is going to be personal regardless so there's no point in me projecting what i would or wouldn't because we're just different people different tastes different budgets yeah like i'm going to tell you what i think or that game could be five dollars six months from now you know i don't i really don't think game reviews should talk about price i agree there for sure it's just it's so relative yep yep um, but yeah, I'd be curious to hear everybody's feedback on if they'd want us to say, I mean, go under the assumption that 90% of the games we're talking about, codes were provided, just ballparking, something like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm curious to hear what all of you think. Uh, I do you think it's really weird? Sorry, just a, no, a quick tangent on this. Is I always notice on podcasts that are spen- sponsored by BetterHelp, uh, which we are not, um, that they say this next message that was sponsored by BetterHelp, and they don't say that for any other sponsor. And so it's mm. clear that like BetterHelp has something where you have to say that the message is a sponsor. And I'm always just like, why do they do that? Like, what's yeah. their what's their motivation? Know. No one can truly understand these ad reads at times. <laughs> uh, but if you want to, you can listen to Party Chatter, Patreon exclusive podcast. Uh, <laughs> Jared R. Meyer writes in and says, "Hey crew, let's say that each birthday you've had was actually an auto save point." 
Did you know this, everybody? <laughs> That's scary. Including, Kyle, your little Sonic Adventure birthday. And you can oh. now choose to reload the game of your life one time and one time only. Like a video game, you now have knowledge of how things can maybe shake out, but you lose all of your experience and progress. So you have to study, work out, rebuild relationships, relearn skills, etc. What point in your life would you decide to reload from with the autosave? You only can do it once. Do, do we have to? I don't want to do this at That's all. So, uh, really? yeah. Oh, God. So everyone would say no thanks to living more life? I mean, to a certain degree, yeah. Jesus I mean, Christ! It's like... What? The idea of like, it's almost like a going back in time thing. Like that idea like scares me. Like I don't, who's to say that whatever choices I make won't make things worse or more terrible. I don't want to run the marathon again though is the thing. The <laughs> well, you first, can... Like I train again. Maybe, maybe I won't yeah. get that foot injury, but like maybe I'll get a different injury. Well, you could just become if, a slob too. If I, I guess if I had to, like we don't have an option because I probably wouldn't want to relive either. I guess I'd pick like not that long ago, like 2019 right before the pandemic okay. and i would just like you know admittedly save more money um but by then i'd be already with my boyfriend so i won't have to worry about trying to like get with him again like i don't want to <laughs> that's an interesting either. one yeah like how do i coordinate um, it so i meet my wife again that's a tough one so all of that is set up for me and i can just now like maybe plan like i'll know more about where my career is going so maybe i can just kind of plan better for how to squeeze more juice out of that orange a little right. bit um yeah, it's like yeah. my career is based on luck. You know, it's like I won the lottery one time and that's why I'm a, you know, YouTuber. And it's like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to, like, have to roll those odds. Well, look, your career is one What if things. you go back too far, Jacob, and you do something that prevents the development of Shadow of the Classes? Like, that would be like me as a three-year-old somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget. You're a lot younger than me. Well, yeah, it's like the game came out when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the luck of, you know, you're not going to have your career again because, I mean, this is also tying into, you could you could put a lot of money in that meta stock market I hear so much about. Oh, you know? in my mind, the, that stuff's not allowed. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it, I mean, in the question, it is. Time travel. You have all your knowledge. Yeah, I mean, it's like you could you could buy, you know, 20,000 Bitcoin yes. when it costs like five cents mm -hmm. a Bitcoin. But when it, did that it, GameStop thing go down? Because we'll That was in on January that of 2020, I think. Wait, no. Okay. Wait, yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, okay, um, yeah, so the GameStop stuff. So just, yeah, 19, 2019 is maybe a good era for you, Janet. You could really so rake it in. Before pandemic, I'm mm -hmm. going to, you know, get a couple get a couple masks for my household. Nothing crazy. I'm not going to be, like, flipping masks, yeah, like some toxic cool. stuff. Right, be cool. But just, you know, I'm like, okay, we know the N95 is, like, a real thing to pick up. Right. And we also know that you're not insane for wearing these before remember when you first wore masks and people were like don't do this because we need them for healthcare workers and they're like yeah. no actually put these on but we've already been breathing each other's air for too long and stop the, washing your groceries the relationship part is absolutely the the scariest yep. part because yep. it's like i i don't think i could like fake kind of first dates with with like oh, it's yeah. like i would want to be with the person that i'm with now but then you'd have to be like oh we're just meeting i like don't know you know all these things about your family it's just or groundhog whatever. day like that scene where he's like oh these kids are throwing snowballs right and he has to like fake yeah. it and stuff yeah well here's the question though um would you would any of you date the person before your current partner again if you're going back in time of like well i know this well First of all, this feels like a setup question. <laughs> like, who's listening to this recording, all right? Who's going to close this? Just answer the um, question. 
No, because I, I, I conveniently like I've only I had like very casual like dates with people before my current partner. So sure. I don't, didn't have like this big like multi-year relationship with anybody. Like yeah. I was in college oh, it's before. Like you want to you want to break up with someone again? Yeah. You want like, right. to just like have that? But then <laughs> this time I'm going to really get it right. But then you just date nobody that relationship because they were toxic. So it's well, like, no, you, you, know know you just date. I mean, it's like I would just be like. I'm living a different life. Like I can't, yeah. I can't try to do the thing that I'm doing again. Yeah, Kyle, you've been suspiciously quiet about this. So, what was the core question then? <laughs> you goober. No one's existed before Kyle's wife. <laughs> yeah, it's describe your previous relationships before your wife. I believe was the question. In intimate detail. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Really weird. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be twelve again and play Metal Gear Solid and have a good time. Uh, Drake writes in and says, Hey, you, me, Max. You can play you can Metal Gear Solid right now. You would have all With the memories wife? of it. Yeah, you would be so memories. much better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Drake anyway. Heinhorst writes in and says, Hey, me, Max. So in the newest PlayStation ad, Kratos was per- portrayed by Ben Stiller. Um, did everybody see this? That's Jacob, a part of it, yeah. Jacob yeah. No. Um, Even though there's another actor sitting there who's bald with a beard. Jacob Gillard, I, ha- I hate to I'm, promote this. Um, it's just an ad, but it was one of those that popped up my YouTube feed. And I'm like, this can't be right. And it's Ben Stiller is dressed up as Kratos oh, wow. with his kid talking to John Travolta and his kid. And then um, Mr. Basketball, what's his name? LeBron, LeBron James. James. LeBron oh, Multiverses James. Um, he's also there Jam. talking to his kid. Um, and they're talking about their... Relationship I mean, this just looks like the Ben Stiller avatar thing. I remember when he did the like extreme avatar costume at the Oscars and it was like no. very embarrassing and no one laughed. No, but clearly somebody on an ad agency remembered that apparently. Um, anyways, it's weird. Um, I thought I would ask or I thought I would offer up some random famous celebrities and you can decide what video game character they should portray in live action. Let's just say it's a live action commercial just to have some frame of reference here, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Every video game character is on the table. Larry David. Bayonetta? Sindri. Sindri. Luigi. Luigi. Yeah, I was thinking. Odin and God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like a toad, like any sort of, you know, any sort of bald character. I feel like you got to gun it for. Hitman. Is Toad bald or is that just a hat? Do we ever Oh, he's find quite that out? bald. He's quite bald. That's just his skull, I Can guess. And the answer for all of these just be a personality core in Portal? Yeah. You just get the, the Larry yeah. David core. <laughs> I feel like Valve has probably reached out at some point to see if that's doable. Agent 47 Larry David is a very funny idea, though, Kyle. It shouldn't be dismissed that quickly. Thank you. And I think I'd go, Kyle, a little something like this. Oh, I, I don't have Larry David. <laughs> oh, I got it. Bump, and bump, bump, bump. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> like, mm, I kill this guy, and he's uh, you know that gif of him just like winning all the options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, electrocution, screwdriver to the head. Uh, Zendaya. Uh, Mary um, Jane. I mean, the on the next Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, okay. then I guess that makes more sense. I feel like the. Uh, uh, for for spoken, it's like it kind of looks like they were already just like, uh, hey, can we like steal Zendaya for <laughs> our game? And I was thinking of that baller. game too. That's actually. interesting. Yeah, and it's like I don't think that character is going to be a good character, but it does. Right. I just feel like they had like an inspiration page with her on it. Fortune from Metal Gear Solid Two. Um, 
that saxophone blaring in the background? Yep. Kazooie. Uh, <laughs> Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Helen oh, this Hunt. Is, this is oh, another this like Hitman oh, one. Oh, God. It, it, I mean, I know I'm in the zone. It's been the theme of the community questions, but oh, she's she's the boss from Metal Gear Solid 2. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one where it's like, that was their inspiration picture. Was they just had Helen Hunt up on a board? Well, it was a, no, it was a Champling. What is that actress's name? There is an inspiration physically for uh, for the boss. It's something oh, really? Champling, yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, Chris Pratt, of course. Um, the rest, everyone we have a name. Uh, so that's right. <laughs> just uh, Qbert, uh, just running through all the hits. Can he can he be, do them all. Uh, Gordon Freeman. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. The silliest <laughs> character. Uh, what do y'all like for a question of the week? Uh, I actually, I, the time travel checkpoint one is an interesting Ooh, idea. Even time though, like, time I think that adamantly too. would never take advantage of that. It, it's that one or the disclosure for yeah. me. Yeah, that one's um, good too. Yeah, I uh, I like time travel checkpoint. Uh, yeah, Jared R. Meyer, congratulations! You just won the vinyl soundtrack to uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion for my eight bit. Way to go! Thanks for supporting us on Patreon and making that possible. Uh, now it's time for something that we personally like to call get a this. All right, here we go. Who's got a good one coming at you, Jacob Geller? Wow us. Um. Okay, get a load of this. Uh, the Brooklyn Public Library is doing this thing where they're celebrating their 125th birthday by revealing their 125th most checked out books. <laughs> yes. Um, Wait, oh, books like plural? And the the list is extremely funny because it is mostly kids books, but then there are like literary classics mixed in. So you have like The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath next to Shark Attack by Kathy East Duboski. <laughs> that sounds pretty or, good. Uh, Big Dog and Little Dog Getting in Trouble next to Mouse. Um, <laughs> and so it's just, it's, the, yeah. it's, yes, it's a, it's a very funny list to look at of just being like, one, wow, most of libraries are for kids. But also it's like Game of Thrones book one next to Full Metal Alchemist volume one. <laughs> Love it the way it should be. Uh, hey, get a load of this. This is kind of a weird one, but um, I visited uh, Dan Reichert's house over there on the East Coast uh, this last weekend. And he's like, okay, you're getting in Thursday. It's going to be great. Uh, your Uber will get you to my house just in time to watch some giant bomb thing that I think you'll enjoy. I was like, this sounds uncomfortable to like have Dan be like, watch this content that I made. It's like, it, this sounds unbearable. But it turns out he wasn't in it. Um and my first reaction to the stream that Dan popped up right when I walked in the door was I literally said, this is unwatchable. Uh, this is completely unwatchable. And then two hours later, I was obsessed and I've gone back and watched it again. Um, so Giant Bomb has started, they contracted out um, with somebody who's known as just the Windbag. And they have a show called Friday Night Forking. And so they have their own Twitch channel, which I think is just Windbag. <laughs> Um, and then once a week, every Thursday now, they're going to do a giant bomb stream where it's, I, it is a tough thing to describe, but it is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen on the internet. I swear to God. So what it is, is it somebody, um, playing characters and it's like a late night talk show, except in OBS, they have 
a gazillion scenes set up, so they're constantly flipping to different things to like change the camera angle, change the perspective, become a different character, uh, just sing songs. And the bananas part is it's all done live. And so like incorporating chat as they go, just to prove that it's all live as it goes. Kyle, just start it and you'll start out saying this okay. is unwatchable. I, it is. I, I'm not, I'm not like raising my, I'm like, I'm sort of, what is this? What do you call it when you're like furrowing your brows? Your eyes. I'm squinting, not because I think it sounds like bad, yeah. but because I don't understand what you're describing. It's I, I'll check it out. It is truly the bananas. Um, I mean, and then it got to the point where on Sunday, Dan and I went and got drinks with this guy in New York. And even after talking to him for a while, I'm still confused exactly how it's technically possible. Um, but it is uh, Banana, so you can check that out. You can follow Giant Bomb or follow uh, Windbag on his own Twitch channel. But um, Your get a load of this this week is check out Giant Bomb. <laughs> yes. The, like, Look, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> it is so damn good. I'll, I'll share a link below if anybody wants to check it out. But uh, Janet, you got one? Yeah, get a load of this. Um, Unpacking just dropped their merch line, and it includes a little storage box that has like the stuffed animals on the outside. It's just really cute. Oh. Like I get a, I get a big kick out of game merch that feels like it really takes into account the kind of game it is and the content of the game. They obviously have other stuff like keychains and t-shirts, but I just thought that was a cute little thing. And that was uh, one of the games that was on our 210s last year. So yeah, yeah. Good game. Well, that's nice. Uh, Kyle, did you have one? Did I miss it? Yeah, I get a load of this. This is really quick and I just, I, I like it. It's uh, from Doug Bowser, who was his official title president at Nintendo of America just recently tweeted a picture of a, a selfie which I detest established uh-huh. earlier in this uh, podcast of him and Venus Williams. Yeah. And it just says Venus Williams is a Metroid fan. And I don't know <laughs> if he's confirming that she is or if he's asking <laughs> the internet, but uh, he has a yeah, pull I hope she up. Is. Metroid's a great game. That would be interesting. Uh, let's see from the community discord where there's a whole channel dedicated to dedicated to little news stories and stuff that people find interesting. Uh, that flow state posted a polygon story that apparently slay the spires board game adaptation was funded in six minutes. Um, slay the spire quietly <laughs> becoming one of Joker the most Matt. popular next, uh, games of all time. Next Stardew Valley right there. It's, it is bananas. Um, it's interesting. Like, you know, we just had an interview go up on Monday, by the way, with, uh, oh, Jake Solomon from Firaxis, the creative director for the XCOM series and then for Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, it's a very fun interview. walk into the ocean if he couldn't make his game. Uh, somebody saw his <laughs> thumbnail. Yeah. Oh, in the clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, genuinely one of my favorite developers to talk to. Uh, he's just so open about the trials and tribulations of trying to develop a game and beating your head against the wall and all that stuff. But even in that, like he talked about how talking to Firaxis about the card system in Marvel's Midnight Suns. He's like, well, we knew it could work because Slay the Spire pulled it off so well. <laughs> so it's funny, even like these big Firaxis games are like, oh, Slay the Spire rules, right? Let's do that for, for Marvel and not make it Marvel Snap. Um, all right. I think that's it. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to the Min Max Show podcast. Any help sharing it online is deeply appreciated. That's the only way we grow. We're not running ads on Meta. Uh, we need you to help spread the word, so we greatly appreciate it. And you can go to patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. You can unlock a ton of stuff over there, including the ad-free version of this show. Also, in that same bonus podcast feed, which is right in your favorite podcast app, you can get the podcast version of The Deepest Dive on God of War Ragnarok, all of our other Deepest Dives, commentary tracks for Jurassic Park, Matrix, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the Star Wars sequel trilogies, Lord of the Rings extended edition trilogies, um, and, you know, party chat each and every week. And there are interviews, max spoilers. Basically, that feed is overflowing. Um, I had somebody, you know, because I message everybody who supports us on Patreon just to say like, hey, how'd you find us? Uh, what do you think about our content? What can we do better? Uh, should Jacob smile more? Just like those basic things. 
Um, but this person had, had a nice message the other day where they said, if I'd have known just how much extra podcast stuff I was missing out on, I definitely would have supported on Patreon sooner. I don't think I fully understood what Party Chat was until I started listening to it. So it's nice. Maybe it's a damning that we don't explain it well enough, but it's just a bonus podcast we do every Monday, everybody. And uh, people from the community can call in. So please check that out. Inhale, spread the words. Appreciate it. Also, uh, Extra Life. Our charity stream. We're doing it again this year. Um, we're going to have some Game Informer folks on it is the plan, but it's not a big crossover event with Game Informer this year. Uh, they're a little tight for time and uh, people power over there. But this is going to be... Oh, Kyle, that's you, I should point that's out. Me. I'm one of those people. Yeah, I you're can Game Informer. Informer. Yeah. Uh, so that's a Saturday, November 12th is when the Extra Life stream is happening. We'll have a schedule up. We'll let you know exactly what's happening. But top of every hour, we'll have some auctions. We have some very good auctions, some very silly auctions. Uh, and then we'll be rotating through a bunch of people in the MinMax studio. So it'll be on MinMax's YouTube channel, a big marathon stream, probably starting at 2 p.m. Central on Saturday and then running until uh, 8 a.m. the next day. Maybe I'll do the full 24 hours. Part of it depends on how many auction items we have. I fully have to map that out and everything, but tune in, donate for a good cause, and let's raise some money for Gillette Children's Specialty Healthcare in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, also, we have the Game Championship poll happening right now over on Patreon, and the grand finale is going to be on Twitter, so we're letting people choose which game we create bonus content about. And um, the winner for day two... It's not locked in yet, but it looks, Kyle, like out of all these games that people are the game champions of, that the one that's going to win for day two is the Magic School Bus Explores the Human Body. So I love, <laughs> love that that's going to be in the it. grand finale for people to vote on, because I would love to play that game. And thank you to everybody else who's supporting us at that $50 tier, uh, the game champion tier. I'm talking about people like Leroy Brown Baldock. They are the official champion of Age of Mythology, one of the greatest games of all time. I'd like to say that I'm good at Age of Mythology, but not compared to Leroy Brown Baldock. So congratulations. Rabid Lime is the champion of Duck Game. Logan Krauss is the champion of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, the full name, we can't forget it. Procyon number six, choosing once again to be the champion of Ghost of Tsushima. Christopher Walden is the champion of Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, everybody. So Very thank good. you for choosing a game. You can hit over there to Patreon to choose it. All right, I think that's it for this episode. I think we're all filled up on gaminess. Anything else anybody wants to say? I'm full on I'm, gaminess. I'm also uh, full on gaminess. Oh, yes. No one said anything about my new glasses. Offensive, frankly. Really? Well, They're way different than the other ones. <laughs> are they nearly identical? Can you, like, compare them? Uh, they have, like, a white strip on top. Oh. Um, and also... Like a whole uh, new world you're looking at. <laughs> every, but yeah, also, everything looks different. We'll see how those um, comments are, because, like, when Janet got new glasses, I feel like YouTube was lighting up with, like, Janet, looks so cool, those glasses rule. Um, it was so just bad. <laughs> it was just me over and over again. So we'll see if uh, people... But also, also uh, please, check out my... My written review of God of War Ragnarok. Oh I'm yeah, you should have plugged that at the top or slash right. earlier. Okay, I'm not going to tell you the score. You to gotta it. go there. No, come on. Are you really? Nope. You're not even going to tell me the score. I'll tell you if you want to know. But nine seven five. I DM me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I have no idea. All right. That's it, everybody. Thanks so much. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Yeah.